Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Taking on the Titans. Standing up for the little guy. It's the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Sunday edition of the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. You've probably heard the name Charlie Gard. Maybe just recently, but you've heard the name Charlie Gard. He's 11 months of age. He's a baby in the UK. And he's making international headlines because he suffers from mitochondrial DNA depletion syndrome. And with that goes brain damage, seizures, paralysis, failing kidneys. He has the inability to breathe without a ventilator and more critical issues. And in the UK at the hospital where little Charlie Gard has been treated, he's been there, I believe, since he was eight weeks old. He's being kept alive on a ventilator, and the doctors there want to disconnect to the life support system. And uh, they've gone to court. British courts all the way to the Supreme Court of the UK have agreed with the doctors. It's gone to the European Court of Human Rights, and the European Court of Human Rights agrees with the doctors. The parents do not. Neither does the Pope. Pope Francis tweeted, to defend human life above all when it's wounded by illness is a duty of love that God entrusts to all. And Pope Francis has suggested that little baby Charlie Gard be brought to the Vatican. There's a children's hospital there, and they'd be willing to do whatever they can. And the President of the United States, Donald Trump, has tweeted as well, if we can help little Charlie Gard, as per our friends in the UK and the Pope, we would be delighted to do so. There is a doctor in New York State, I believe, who uh, suggests there may be an experimental drug that will be able to help Charlie And uh, he said that he would ship that. Maybe there's a hospital involved in this as well. Ship the drug to the U.K. if uh, Charlie isn't brought to the United States. Joining me is Dr. Arthur Kaplan. And I've spoken with Dr. Kaplan many times on medical bioethical issues. He's the founding head of the Division of Bioethics at New York University's Langone Medical Center in New York City. His column in the Hill newspaper is Charlie Gard will likely die soon. Let's learn from the battle. And one of his books is Smart Mice, Not So Smart People. Dr. Kaplan, uh, you know, we have monstrous things going on globally. But when the life of a little baby is involved, everyone is engaged. Everyone cares. Where in other situations, it's just another news story. When a baby's life is involved and everyone cares, that's, I think that's a good thing. 
When you look at this little child and what he's got going on, first of all, I'm not entirely sure what this what this illness is. I've read some of the descriptions, some of it from your column. Would you first of all tell us what this uh, what this illness is? What what does it do? What what what's it doing to Charlie? Sure, Roy, and thanks for having me. And this is a tough, tough case. Parents squared off against their own doctors at a very prestigious hospital. Should add that he's at the Great Ormond Street Children's Hospital in London, which is top-rate uh, institution. So no doubt that when doctors say there that they don't think there's much more that can or should be done for Charlie, uh, that's something you have to listen to very closely. Charlie has mitochondrial depletion syndrome, and oh, what that means is, remember your high school biology where you saw all the cells dividing as things grow? Yes. As an embryo develops into a fetus, you see all those divisions. Well, it needs electricity. It needs power to do that. The cells have to get uh, some kind of juice <laughs> to uh, do all those divisions and make all those movements. And the way they get it is there are little batteries in our cells called mitochondria. They're outside the nucleus. They're not part of our the DNA that makes us who we are, but they're little power packs that every cell has. <clears throat> if they are missing, then you get a stillborn child if they don't work correctly. There's been some kind of error in making them. If they are partly functional, you get Charlie, which is a mitochondrial disease, so his cells can't really grow or grow properly. And what listeners need to understand about Charlie is when we say he's got brain damage, it's irreversible because his brain cells did not grow from the moment he was born until now. And nobody knows how to restore those by drugs or any other trick. They never formed, and so he's going to be blind. He's going to not hear. We don't know what kind of sensation he can uh, undergo, but he's certainly going to be severely cognitively limited. I won't say can't feel, but not much. Part of his brain that runs his uh, breathing is not working right, so he can't do that on his own. He's on machines. His kidneys are failing. He is, uh, as I said in my column, sadly, I, I don't know how long he has to live, but it's going to be measured more likely in months than years, no matter what anybody did. So he could not live on his own. If he's taken off the ventilator, he's going to die. Yes, absolutely. There aren't very many children who have this illness. I understand under 20 in the world, perhaps. Yeah, I think, and here's the reason why. If you have trouble with those power units, normally you're going to be born as a stillborn. So the number of kids who even make it to birth and live at all, and they don't live past a year normally, is tiny. It's such a devastating disease, genetic disease, with the cells not growing and not working, that nearly any baby who would have this wouldn't even be born alive. Yeah, we understand the parents. Oh, we do, yeah. I mean, what parents wouldn't want to fight for their kid? And now, uh, you know, somebody says in the U.S. or somewhere, maybe there's something I have that can help, although what they're really saying is, I've never tried this in anybody, and maybe it would help Charlie live a bit longer, but it's not going to cure him or restore him, but the parents don't necessarily hear that. They just hear help. And, of course, I think they, they believe good parents pursue that. Uh, just trying to read uh, a couple of lines from the uh, website, and uh, they suggest that uh, this doctor has had success with another mitochondrial depletion syndrome called TK2, which is similar to Charlie's. It's helping children to get their strength back 
and live longer. So when you take that into consideration, you and I have talked in the past about experimental drugs and when mm. and they should be used, and you've written on this, about when experimental drugs should be used or withheld from the public. If somebody's dying and there's an opportunity to make an experimental drug available to them and they're dying anyway, why not give them the drug? Yeah. Now, is there, a, is there a medical or an ethical gray area here as far as Charlie's concerned? You know, not for me, and I'll tell you why. He suffered so much damage already, paralysis, this horrible lack of brain growth, the blindness, the deafness, uh, the inability to breathe, the kidney failure, and it, it, it goes on. There's no drug that anybody has ever invented that's been able to regrow brain cells. There's no drug that's going to uh, get uh, Charlie's uh, blindness to reverse. He might get back in some miracle, a little bit more, uh, let's call it cell function, so that he could exist a bit longer. But what the scientist is saying is benefit. I think a lot of parents and a lot of us, if we were facing this situation ourselves, might say, no, that's not good enough. So there are experimental drugs that say I can reverse what's happened. There are experimental drugs that say I can make you live a bit longer, but you're still going to have all these terrible deficits. That's what Charlie faces. Yeah. Dr. Kaplan, can you hold on a minute? Sure. We're going to come back with Dr. Arthur Kaplan and talk some more about Charlie Gard. There's $1.37 million, I believe, is the number that was raised on GoFundMe. So the parents have a lot of money available to them for Charlie. And uh, so who's going to make the final decision? When it comes down to it, I'm looking at a photograph of Charlie's parents and and little Charlie. And, and it's heartbreaking to, uh, to look at a, a little baby with, with the parents... Clearly and obviously, they want their child to live. But the courts and the doctors say that it's to no one's benefit and not Charlie's benefit. But who makes the final decision? Talk some more with Dr. Kaplan, and then we'll ask you for your thoughts on this case that's being talked about globally. We'll come right back. He weighs both sides of the story. And chooses what's right over what's wrong. More Roy Green on the Chorus Radio Network. We'll go back to Dr. Arthur Kaplan in just a moment, the founding head of the Division of Bioethics at New York University's Langone Medical Center on little Charlie Gard, 11 months of age, and what should happen as far as Charlie's life is concerned. But before we do that, let's talk to Matt Lee, who's a news anchor and reporter at CKNW Radio in Vancouver, about the forest fire crisis that's taking place in the province. Matt, what have you got? Yeah, Roy, it's uh, been a busy one for sure. you got 230 wildfires now burning in the province. Uh, that devastation continues to spread across B.C. Uh, day three now of a province-wide state of emergency. Yesterday alone, Roy, we had 100 new fires sparked yesterday. Uh, a lot of them sparked because of lightning storms rolling across the central interior. Uh, thousands of people have been evacuated from a lot of communities in that region. We don't even know exactly how many evacuees there are. Uh, there was very little time for these people to pack up and uh, leave home. It was so difficult to track for officials, but uh, some estimates saying around six to 7,000 at this time. Uh, we do know that there have been dozens of homes destroyed in these fires. Uh, it's suspected at least dozens of them reduced to rubble. We know a 1,000 firefighters on those front lines uh, backed by 
of course, heavy equipment and helicopters. And what's your weather forecast for the next couple of days? Yeah, it, there's not a lot of reprieve in sight here, Roy. Uh, we've got tinder dry conditions, unrelenting heat. Those winds expected to persist through a large areas of BC as well. So it doesn't look like there's going to be a whole lot of relief, at least for the next 48 hours. We're even seeing uh, some early indications that uh, the temperatures could even uh, hype, uh, spike rather over the next few days. That uh, winds are also expected to play a factor today and tomorrow. All right, Matt, thanks very much for keeping us up to date. It's a very, very dangerous situation. Matt Lee, anchor and a reporter at CKNW Radio in Vancouver. My cousin's son and his wife are uh, in that area where the major forest fire is. The uh, uh, it's, it's tough, man. It's uh, You know, last year it was for McMurray in, uh, in Alberta, of course. Dr. Arthur Kaplan back with us. Charlie Gard, the 11-month-old UK baby who has mitochondrial DNA depletion syndrome. Uh, Dr. Kaplan, who's going to have to make the decision finally? The family has almost one and a half million dollars. There is the experimental drug that is being talked about. The Pope is involved. The President of the United States is involved. The Prime Minister of Britain is involved. The courts are involved. Ultimately, who's going to make the decision? And we're involved. And we're involved. It's it's a long list. Um, I tell you, I think ultimately it's the courts. Um, this is a bitter dispute. The parents basically saying, we want our shot. Give us a chance. The doctor saying, you don't understand. Charlie's not going to get better. We're a very good hospital. We've done everything. If you try to move him, by the way, you'll kill him. Uh, yeah, I don't think he could make it to the U.S. or Canada or the Vatican. Um, so they went to court. And they've been up and down the British courts. They went to the European Court of Human Rights. And what those courts kept saying is, if Charlie's going to suffer then we should stop. Now, there is some debate about whether he is suffering. I get that. But the doctors seem concerned. The judges seem moved by that. They heard all sides. So if they don't say, you know, Charlie can go at some level of court, I don't think he will go. Then the question becomes, how does he die? Uh, do they just disconnect him and give him drugs and sort of give him palliative support, or do they just let him go slowly? And I think that's where the controversy will go next. Your column is, uh, Charlie Gard will die, likely die soon. Let's learn from the battle. What should we learn? Three things. First, Charlie had great parents. They fundraised. They fought the doctors. A lot of people wouldn't know how to use social media that way or would sort of not do the battle that these parents did. There are a lot of kids that don't have that. I get angry when I hear Trump getting into this because in the U.S. we've got all these cuts coming to the Obamacare Medicaid program, and that's 40% kids, and they will be cut away from proven treatments. Trump has never uttered a word about innovative care, experimental drug access for American kids, and there are plenty of them whose parents would like some money to travel or pay for drugs. So he's wrapped around Charlie, guard, but I consider that empty, hot air political rhetoric. doesn't cost him anything. He can just wave his hands and say, we'd like to help Charlie. But he's ignoring his kids in his own country, and I think that's a lesson that has to be learned. Another lesson that has to be learned is no matter what medicine has to offer, at some point we run out of things. Futility is not a fantasy, and um, medicine always loses. You know, <laughs> it may lose sooner or later, but... Death isn't optional. It comes. And so at some point we have to get ready to prepare for accepting that. It's very hard. When parents don't want to accept it, and sometimes they don't, uh, 
And sometimes you have to let doctors step in and have a little more authority because parental love can blind them to the suffering of their own kids. It's hard to say, but it's true. Mm -hmm. I think the other lesson out here is, so with a Charlie Guard type situation, um, are we ever going to set up a uh, system so that what is out there for experimental drugs could be better identified by people in Canada, people in the U.S., people around the world. You know, Charlie's parents only know about these researchers because they jumped out of the blue and sort of said, well, we're working on something and we never tested it, but maybe we could give it to Charlie. Need better websites, better databases, better ways to find these cures. We don't have a place for parents and patient advocacy groups to go to that really is consumer-friendly that would say, here's what's out there. This hasn't really been tested in animals. This has been tested in people. Let them make better informed choices. I had a tweet uh, from a, a listener who said, Charlie's not a lab rat. Let him die. Mm. Well, you know, researchers that jump up and say, I want to try it, they don't have many kids like Charlie because of the rareness of the disease to try it on. Sometimes you need some ballast against experimentation enthusiasm, if you will. You could hurt Charlie. You could make him suffer more if you give him something. You mm -hmm. could actually make him die faster. Some would say, so what? He's going to die anyway. But you don't want to hurt him. You don't want him to suffer more than he would have. That's why I like the courts getting in here. Yeah, the you longer... Can't persuade them... Yeah, I'm uh, sorry, Dr. Kaplan. Yeah, I was just going to say, if you can't persuade you know, the Supreme Court of the UK or the European Court of Human Rights that you're not going to hurt him, then I wouldn't do it. And the longer this takes, the more difficult it's going to be on everybody. Yep, it starts to take its toll. Remember, doctors and nurses at the London Hospital are still caring for Charlie, but they're starting to get frustrated because they think, what are we doing? Are we torturing him? The parents get angrier and angrier. They have money. They say, why don't you let us do what we want, get out of our way. Um, more and more attention goes to Charlie, and a little bit gets distorted away from gaps in the healthcare system for kids all around the world who don't get all the care and dental care they could use. Yeah. Dr. Kaplan, almost good talking to you. Thank you so much hey, for Hey, my time. pleasure. All the best. Dr. Arthur Kaplan, founding head of the Division of Bioethics at New York University's Langone Medical Center in New York City. His column in The Hill is Charlie Gard will likely die soon. Let's learn from the battle. Tough one. Nobody wants the baby to die. Parents want to keep the baby alive. The courts say the doctors are right. President of the United States says bring him to the United States. The Pope says bring him to the Vatican. Is disconnecting Charlie Gard's life support over his parents' wishes the sensibly correct action to take, or is it the heavy hand of the state interfering with the family's internal decisions? Maybe you have an experience with a child that was very ill and difficult decisions had to be made. Perhaps you have a perspective, religious, philosophical, medical, 1-800-263-2428, 1-800-263-2428. The question is, is disconnecting Charlie Gard's life support over his parents' objections the sensibly correct action, or is it just the state pushing through and interfering with the family's internal decisions? 1-800-263-2428. It's a tough one. What would you do? What do you think the correct course of action is? 800-263-2428.